are back live here on the Juke, ready to draft a squad. It's me versus Jen, and we are going one player each on quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We are picking a team's offensive line, and then defensively, we are picking a position group for each defense of position. So we have interior defensive line, edge, linebackers, safety, corners, and so on. So how this is going to work, we're going to spin the wheel. We're going to see who gets the first pick. And then once we have the first pick, we are going to alternate selections. The first pick might be pretty important because that is the quarterback position. And, you know, that's a pretty important position. So let's get that spinner up. Let's see if we can get going and get this draft underway. Jen's live right now. What's going on, Jen? I am. You know, I just thought, Mitch, that everybody should know that we're about to do the draft right now on Let's Twitch go. Live. We are going to do the draft right now. We're going to spin. The wheel of death is going to determine whether or not I get the quarterback <laughs> that I want or if it's it's fixed for Mitch. I mean, it might. It might be fixed for Mitch, but I think that you should all join us right now on Twitch Live because it's about to go down. It's my draft versus his draft. We're right here. They're going to spin the wheel. It will determine who gets the quarterback pick. I mean, I'm just saying, who is going to join us on Twitch Live right now? You don't even need the Twitch app. You can just jump right in for our live draft of our NFL teams. I mean, it's going down. It's going down right now, right now on Twitch Live. You better get over here. You're in it to win it. Are you with us? Can you, I mean, it's totally, I'm taking Mitch down. I mean, you all know that I'm taking Mitch <laughs> down right now, but you gotta be here to see it. Like you're not gonna get the answers here. I'm just giving you the inside scoop. Look at that. Look at Mitch. Dr. Jen, you got the first pick. I got the first pick and you know what? Rigged. Mitch, you know who I'm going with? I'm going with my homie. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> I gotta have my guy, Patrick Mahomey, under center. You know why? Because, yes, he is dynamic. He is a game changer. Yeah, he's younger, but I want the upside of having him for a long, long time. I love oh. the unity that he has with his teammates. By the way, he restructures. By the way, he plays the game, and he's just fun. And I think that we would have the most entertaining huddle on the face of the earth. I mean, come on, Mitch, can you imagine that if I was calling the plays and he was executing? <laughs> yeah. What, what would you your think, play Mitch? be called? Mahomes, go do your thing. Is that your play? <laughs> Mahomie, give him that. Give him that <laughs> sidearm, Mahomie. That's what I would be saying. Like, hey, hey, you got nothing for this. Hey, Tom Brady, go hold your milk. Mitch, are you going Brady? That's, That's a I'm good saying. segue because, okay, so I have three options here, I think. There's three guys that I think you could realistically select, in my opinion. So there's okay. first the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. But I am eliminating Aaron Rodgers because I don't know if he's going to show up to play. Okay. I, I, I don't I want that on my Rogers. team. There's no Rodgers yeah. right now. I mean, realistically, yes, he's the best of the group talent wise, but I just can't take him because of other reasons. But number Mitch, two, he's disgruntled right now. We can't take he him. He is. I, I can't take him because I don't know if he's going to quit on my team next week. Or so I, I need a guy that's going to be there. Exactly. Number two, there's Josh Allen, who nearly won the MVP this year, obviously carried the Bills offense, and you could go that way if you're looking for the down the road and the projection. But I have, because you pick Mahomes, I have to pick a guy that beat him in the Super Bowl and has beat him twice in the playoffs. So I'm going to take Tom Brady. I'm going to take my guy, Tom Brady. 
I think some it. people look at him as a, as a top three, four quarterback in the league still today, but he's the GOAT, and in a clutch situation, I got to take Tom Brady. You know what, though, Mitch? Yeah. I got to say, I love Brady. I still think he has juice in the tank, but yep. I don't know that he has juice to make it through this season and stay as high-powered as some of the other guys. I, okay. I don't want to see it. I actually really don't want to see it, but what if Brady has a Manning-esque season? Jen, I'll say this. Never doubt Tom Brady. People have been saying that for 10 years. I know. At some point. I know point, you're trying okay. to make your case versus the GOAT here, but it's Tom Brady. Apparently, his first practice back, he looked amazing. So I'm thinking he's as long as he can stay upright, which we're going to have to draft a good offensive line, but as long as he can stay upright, I've got a great quarterback and a coach on the field and the best leader in the game. So I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I do agree that Tom Brady's a, a big one. I almost went that way, um, but I, I want the youth. Um, yep. I want the energy that that brings. And I want the ability to say, you know what? You might be building over there for two years, but we're, we're building for 20 and that we are going to okay. be that dynasty team going... here in Kansas city. I'm going long-term and I'm going short. Okay. I mean, I, I think he, it's both. He is both. I don't think that Andy Reid is going to suffer another loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So I have the first pick at the running back position since we are alternating, which personally I need to find a good running back. Not just, I feel that can impact the, the running game, but also I think complement uh, Tom Brady as a receiver. So somebody I really like, although he was hurt last year, for a good portion of the season is Christian McCaffrey because I think he's the best dual threat running back in the NFL, his ability to run routes as well as break through with a big run. I think that's going to make a perfect compliment to Tom. I do agree. I think Christian McCaffrey is a great pick um, and you're going to need his mobility with Tom Brady and you're going to need yeah. him to be able to scoot out of the backfield and, you know, quickly uh dismantle the pass mm -hmm. rush that i would be putting on you so yeah. yeah yeah no doubt because you need that you need that person and i respect the pick i'm not going that direction well you can't i took him right but i wouldn't have taken him um, <laughs> okay i wouldn't have taken him i don't need him as much with what i have in Mahomes. okay i i am going that's a fair point you know i am going tennessee tighten up with derrick henry all the way he is dominant and that's one thing we didn't really have enough with kansas city right i didn't think it was enough of a run threat but also if you do that you put some of that other speed in there yeah give me henry give me that okay. guy king henry goes to dr jen so we got two kind of totally different type of running backs now you're back with the number one pick at wide receiver. We're just selecting one wide receiver here. So who are you going with? I think it's a little fixed that I have to go wide receiver next. I actually was going to go O-line next. Do you um, want to go O-line? I mean, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to take the wide receiver pick. No, there's, there's, there's two O-line picks that I'm good with either way. Actually, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with the wide receiver pick. I'll take the O-line okay. pick. Well, I think there's one wide receiver that stands out to me as the best in football. Although, you know, there might be some debate. In my opinion, there is no debate because he's the biggest game changer. I also want to steal him from you. That's Tyree Kill. I think Tyree Kill is the best receiver because anywhere on the field, he's so dangerous and he can line up everywhere. He's great after the catch. He's a great route runner. And of course he has the speed. So I'm going to take Tyree Kill. I do agree. You stole Tyree Kill from me. I didn't think that was <laughs> the way you would go. Um, okay. For me, with not having Tyreek Hill on the board, because um, I would also use him in the punt return, 
I've got to look to either Devontae Adams or mm-hmm. D-Hop. And my my problem with Devontae is right now I don't know who the quarterback throwing to him is. Um, if well, that's we okay. Mahomes will be throwing him the ball. I know. I know. But, like, if I'm looking, if if we were talking strictly fantasy right now. Oh, right, um, right, right, right. Right? Like, if, if that was what we're talking, I can't justify Devontae because I don't know who's throwing him the ball. Um, okay. And so if he's on my team and it's Patrick Mahomey, oh, yeah, he's going to boss out. But if we are talking fantasy numbers, that is not my fantasy right now. So where I'm mm. going to go is back to Arizona, and I'm going to pick up D-Hop because, you know, we all saw what he can do. And whether it's fantasy numbers or on this team, he's getting the football. I will say you it's mandatory for you to have at least one Cardinal on your team, I think. And then second... D-Hop has proven that he can play pretty much everywhere, you know, in terms of with different quarterbacks and different systems on different teams. So that's a fair, that's a fair pick. No doubt about it. I think I would have went with Devontae Adams personally, even though I can see your argument for like the statistics, if you're projecting this season, whether or not Rogers will be there will certainly impact him. But Adams was excellent last year. All right, so let's go towards the offensive line here, and you can take the first pick as you as you wanted. You wanted the offensive line, so I got to take that Cleveland Browns offensive line. I mean, okay. it is so dominant, and I'm putting Derrick Henry behind it. Okay, this is a very important thing. Okay, after seeing how Mahomes got crushed in the Super Bowl with the O line struggles, mm-hmm. and I mean the the moat that was built around Baker Baker, the commercial maker. Now you put my running back, Derrick Henry, behind that O-line. Oh, la, 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 la. <laughs> I don't even need to throw the ball to D-Hop, but I will. So give me that Cleveland Browns offensive line. My second pick, I will tell you in a second, because they might be yours. They might be. I mean, there's, I think there's like three, four, even five, like there's a lot of offensive lines. I think you could argue depending on what you're looking for. I find it interesting. You, maybe you should have went, maybe you should have went with Lamar Jackson if you're just going to run the ball the whole game. But I'm not. Okay. I'm not. You said, you said you don't even need to throw it to D hop. So I I mean, mean, I don't need to right now with, (laughs) with Derek Henry behind that line. I mean, yeah, but I also want Patrick Mahomey upright. Okay. I can't let him get dismantled the way he was like, I'm channeling his Super Bowl vibes right now. And I'm not letting that happen to him ever again. So they protected Baker Mayfield. They certainly would have their way protecting Patrick Mahomes. And oh, by the way, you got Derek Henry. So there's a few offensive lines I could go with here. Obviously last year, one of the premier units was the Colts, but I think they lost their left tackle. I think they've downgraded there slightly. So I'm, I'm a little worried about that. You have the Saints and the Bucks, both in the NFC South, that I think you could go for. Packers were really good last year, but they lost their center. I think I'm going to go with the New England Patriots with my offensive it. line pick. Uh, the reason it. being, obviously, they have familiarity with Tom Brady. So that's that helps. But they brought in Trent Brown, who when he's motivated, he's one of the best pass blockers in the game. Isaiah Wynn on the opposite side. Uh, you have Mason, Andrews. These guys, they can pass block, they can run block. And I think they're just the most well-rounded unit on the board. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I actually agree with you, Mitch. I had O-line one and two picks were Browns and Pats. The other ones did not make it. 
you have to realize like when you're going to look at an offensive line, that unit has protected a non-mobile Brady for a very mm-hmm. long time. And they are designed to be the very best at what they do. They are smart. Um, they are well coached and thankfully they are healthy now. So I think people will be pleasantly surprised with just how darn good they are next year, unless they're not Pats fans and then they will be disappointed yep. on how good they are. But I have them <laughs> as my number two O-line very close to the Browns. And I think they're sneaky in terms of their power run ability. We saw that last year a little bit when they went from Brady to Cam and, and despite their Lack of success in the passing game. Their run game was very, very good. So I expect to see that as well. All right. The tight end position. I'll have the first pick. And this is tough because honestly, this is tough. And I don't know if I want to take like, there's two guys clearly, I think that stand above the rest. There's one where if you want like a guy that's a little bit more well-rounded, a better athlete, and you go there. But there's a guy that I just don't want you to have on your team because the connection is too strong. So I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. I also do believe he fits pretty well with Tom Brady, just that his ability to run routes in the middle of the field and get open there as a possession receiver, I think is a good match for Tom Brady. But I also do love the guy you're probably about to take. And who do you think I'm about to take, Mitch? I think you're going to take George Kittle, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. <laughs> so there's two ways I wanted to go with this one, to be honest. Okay. Kittle is an obvious choice, right? Yeah. He is, he is dominant. He is one of the very best out there, but I am also intrigued by the rookie pick out Whoa. of the Atlanta Falcons. And, and um, to me, he's going to be much more multiple. I am going mm. to line him up in the slot and also in the tight end position because he is such an athlete. Um, and I think his targets, uh, because they lost Julio, his targets are going to be off the charts. Knowing that he has been graded as the best tight end talent ever evaluated, I'm going with the rookie pits. Wow, that's kind of a shocking pick considering he's not played an NFL snap. That's how strongly you feel about him. Maybe continue to talk about him a little bit like what you like about him so much I I know you said he's multiple obviously he's a great athlete well I mean in terms of the size speed combination there's really nothing out there that can stop him from a defensive standpoint okay so if I put him on the team with Derrick Henry right so he can come in and block he could be that guy but I don't really need him there I could actually okay. use an O-lineman or another blocking tight end. I'm going to actually use him and let him be that X-factor athlete that makes you have to adjust your defense to it. Imagine putting him on the same side as D-Hop. Okay. Put him in the slot for me, okay? Who's going to cover him man-on-man? No one. There's no one who can do it. So Maybe my, my secondary players that I pick up. Right. Maybe, maybe, but you better make sure that they're not just fast, that they're big. So I like right. the ability to be multiple with pits. If I'm looking at it from a fantasy standpoint, I also know that obviously the Falcons felt so strongly about his ability in uh, to make an impact right now that they used their first pick and they let one of their superstars go. That means his targets are going to be off the charts. Um, you're probably going to see him put up more wide receiver numbers than just tight end numbers. So look for him to be not only as impactful as the most impactful tight ends on the roster, but also as a number one receiver in terms of targets. 
just to make the quick debate for George Kittle, I, I think I would have went there, especially with the way you're building your team because of his ability to block. I think his ability to block is, is standout, like is. next level. It I is, mean, but I can find a guy who can do that later, right? We're only right. picking one right now, but if yeah. I need to secure what has been called a generational talent, I'm going to do that. Okay. So I got the future Hall of Famer and she has somebody that's never played, but I'm just going to throw that out there. Just to recap my offense, I had Tom Brady as my quarterback, Christian McCaffrey as my running back, wide receiver Tyreek Hill. We had a tight end, Travis Kelsey, an offensive line, the New England Patriots. Jen, for you, correct me if I'm wrong, you had Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, Derek Henry as your running back. You had D-Hop as your wide receiver, Kyle Pitts as your tight end, and the offensive line, which you love, the Cleveland Browns. Defense yes. time. It's defense time. And you know, Mitch, you know what's really interesting about this is it, it's going to be skewed no matter how we do it, depending on the defense that we're running, whether it's a 3-4 right, right. or a 4-3. So you kind of got to look at uh, at how you want to dominate. Um, and mm. when we're thinking about that, there's a few teams that stand out in that you could almost take the whole unit. I mean, you won't because <laughs> there are individuals who are better, but I I'm a little bit torn on this one because on the one hand, like if we're talking interior, there is no better than Aaron Donald. I mean, he right. is a, a disruptive force of nature. He gives other people opportunities to get through because you can't stop him with a double team. He in and of himself is that Dude. And if we're talking mm -hmm. interior, you, you could win with just him at the interior. However, um, as we saw against, I think it was the Packers la last year, when he was not fully healthy, they were no longer nearly the devastating force that they were before that. So right. does that mean we don't have quite enough in terms of personnel to go with LA? I don't know. The Up other to you. I know. <laughs> There's two other teams that absolutely intrigue me in this conversation. It is the WTF. How could you look past them? Yeah. You know, Ron Rivera has gone all in on D line and it is delightfully dismantling other offenses, right? Like it is like, Ooh, I'm sorry. Did you miss that? Like, cause you might hate to go against them, but you would love them if you had them. So WTF, how could you look past them? And then there are obviously the Buccaneers who bucked up the Kansas city chiefs in the playoffs last year. And mm -hmm. so for me, though, I am tempted by Donald mm. that WTF is hard to look past. I have to say, that the talent depth of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. is one to really mess people up in terms of the big boys inside. You have Ndamukong Sue, and oh, by the way, Vita Vea will be back and healthy. So with that, I'm mm -hmm. going Tampa Bay Buccaneers for my interior defensive line. Yeah, and you have even more, more than that. I mean, you go down the list, Golston is there as well. I mean, McClendon they have, I mean, they have got like five or six guys that could start on a lot of teams. So that it's, it's pretty impressive depth. And of course you have one of the best in Vita Vea and one of the best for a very long time in Indomitian Sioux. So, Hey, that's a very fair pick. I think it kind of depends for the D line. Like, what do you want? Kind of what you're saying? Like, do you want that really great duo? Do you want that really great one guy, like the depth? And I think the bucks are the best in terms of like the layers of depth. 
there's a couple teams in, in terms of duos, which is kind of like the starters that you would look at unless you're running more of like a three, four on a regular basis. I think Washington has an excellent trio. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis, who I, I also really like. So those three guys are awesome. And then you have, I think the Steelers have an excellent duo in Hayward and Tuit. Those guys are awesome. And then of course you have the Rams. So those were the teams that stood out to me as well. I think if I'm going with one, I'm going to go with the trio in Washington because they're young. I think they haven't even hit their peak yet. And I like that trio as opposed to the duo in Pittsburgh. So that's the way I'm going to go. They were one of the best defenses last year. And I think they will be again this year. I agree with you on that. Between those two, that was a hard one for me. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I feel bad not taking Aaron Darnold. I think if yeah. we're going, if we're going singles, that's, you know, that's not even oh, of a course. Question. But if you're going yeah. at, at, with the total package, the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to me, they have just a lot of stuff that you can do with them. And knowing that my quarterback, I don't want to face the Buccaneers again. I, I don't want him to have PTSD. <laughs> so I'm bringing him into my own locker room. Like, look, yeah. see, we love you. Like, look, hey, look what we got. Hey, mm-hmm. um, that was something that I had to do for Mahomie is, is bring those guys. You know, I always say you want them to be a nightmare to go against. Those are the first people that you want when you don't want to get hit by them. So Um, But it's interesting that neither of us went to the Pittsburgh Steelers because I know that would be kind of the popular choice. If you ask some, yeah, I just think they have the best. I think if you were to say like, who's the best duo, I think it's Pittsburgh, but yeah, I think we just went at different directions there overall. Um, When you look at the edge, I think the edge is in, in my opinion, relative to the last couple of years, there's not as many teams that have that amazing duo and, and one of them that lost it was the Steelers. The Steelers did lose Bud Dupree. So that would have been co- kind of the clear choice last year. But I- I'm actually going to go with a team that's already been selected. And, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Because, I mean, they don't have great depth, although they just picked a guy in the first round. So that's, that's decent depth, although we haven't seen them play. But JPP and Shaq Barrett dominated the playoffs. That's the reason I'm going to go with them because they play the best offenses in the league, the Chiefs, the Saints, uh, the, the Packers, three of the best, and they dominated all of them. I mean, they, versus Aaron Rodgers, they had five, six sacks. And then versus Mahomes, he was basically running for his life the entire game. I think a lot of it was to do with those two players. I also like how they're a, they're a little bit hybrid and kind of multiple. They can do a lot of different things. So I'm going to go with those two and that duo there. Yes. And part of their upgrade, by the way, was the interior defensive line, but just saying, mm-hmm. just, just saying, no, it's yeah. totally true. I, yeah. I, obviously you're picking them independent of each other. So it's... I know I like how you picked right out of my locker room, Mitch. I see how you want to be <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm not letting you, know, you take the whole bucks front. I mean, you know, I mean, I could, because that would be home, but um, you know, what's interesting to me is on this one, I wish we were picking family members as opposed to like team duos because can you imagine like bozas or the the bozas or the watts right like i was like can i just have the bozas i would even take the watts instead of having to go with one team i just want one family okay we we want the family vibe here bring them both in i'll take either one (laughs) 
you know, but it would be pretty outstanding. But I do agree with you on the thinking of, you know, it used to be that you had these bookends of domination and that's what you would look for. Mm -hmm. And we struggle to find that a little bit. It just feels like, I think because of how much the elite guy costs, it's very rare to have two of them that cost that much money. I mean, maybe we could get the brothers to like agree on contracts because they got yeah. to play together and it would save in family travel um, mm -hmm. and family drama. Like that could mm -hmm. be, you know, maybe a good conversation to have. But, you know, you do have interest with the Browns. Okay. I like the trench battle. They have to go against the best every week. If you believe that Clowney yep. can stop clowning and actually be healthy for a season, him and Miles Garrett become pretty dangerous. So that is one way to go. And then the other way to go for me was back in the desert. Yeah, I like you know, that one. Uh, because that is that is going to be a tough combination. You have Chan Man, you have freaking Watt now, and you have Marcus Golden also in there who is a fighter. Um, mm -hmm. And then, but you know, the team that really just appears to be the standout in terms of utter domination from the sack count from from your defensive line is clearly the Seattle Seahawks, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if you count Jamal Adams as a DN. <laughs> I had to give that one to you, Mitch. I had I, to. I knew I was nearly going to make the same joke, but I was just, I was just trying to avoid it. Nope. I can't, I can't avoid it because I it's still your favorite. Don't I, why don't you take Seattle? You really I'm want to. Definitely not taking Seattle because I would <laughs> definitely rip out all of my hair. And, you know, I'm going to say, like, Miles Garrett intrigues me. I do like the fact that they get that one-on-one -on -one matchup against arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. But I don't believe in Clowney. I, 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 he's never stayed healthy to me. It really drives me crazy because if he could come along, that outside pair becomes that devastation duo that we've been talking about. But I'm going to go back home with Arizona. I think Chan Man Jones and and Watt the Watt are going to be quite a handful. So let's go. Let's go for the Cardinals nation. All right. Cardinals back at it. D-Hop and the Cardinals edge rushers. I like that pick. It's definitely, I think, one of the teams that is pretty underrated and I think may kind of come onto the scene this year is the Panthers, actually. I, I like Brian Burns and they picked up Hassan Reddick this off season. That's a pretty good duo as well. They're both young and, and I think they, they both obviously played within Matt rules defense before, you know, Hassan Reddick played in college and it's going to be interesting to see how he fits there in the pros now. So that, that's just one to look out for. Not that I'm picking them, but then we have the next you have level. Seattle? Which... Wait, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. no, I don't have Seattle. No, thanks. <laughs> we're going to linebackers. Okay. So we're going to the second level now. Uh, and Jen, you have the first pick here with the linebacker position. Hmm. This one's tough, honestly. Like, yeah, this one, this this one was tough for me uh, for the linebackers. You know, because again, it, it depends quite a bit on what you're going to run mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. I, I'm I'm torn on the linebackers a little bit. I mean, we saw what the Buccaneers could do last year. That's obviously a a dynamic group. One that scares me to pick but I'm actually excited about going into this season is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about them. Are you going to go with your guys? I mean, for me right now, there's definite intrigue for the Buccaneers, right? Like, I mean, we know what they did. We know what they are. They're really good, but it was yeah. not long ago that 
Vander Esch and Jalen Smith were dominant. And mm -hmm. now you have a new defensive coordinator. And oh, by the way, you have the freak that is Mika Parsons. Though Some people would also count Keanu Neal in that conversation as well. That's true. That is true. And it is really frightening <laughs> for me to right now think that I might believe in the Cowboys just a little. Well, when their defense was good, just to get, give the argument here, because they were definitely on my short list of, of teams because they have the intrigue of a couple of years ago when their defense was good. That was the reason their defense was good. Right. And you just picked up a big time defender. So I'm going to maybe hate myself a little bit for this, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't hate it, actually. I, there is another team that we've already talked about again that I think you know, should be in the conversation after what they spent their first round pick on. And that is the Cardinals. I, I think the Cardinals have a trio there in Collins in the first round, Simmons in the first round last year, and also Hicks, who's a longtime veteran. So they've got a, a pretty interesting low key unit. The Seahawks for a long time were really good at that position, but KJ Wright hasn't resigned and Bobby Wagner's still there. So they, they kind of have some holes. There's not a lot of great, like depth linebacker positions, I mean, and there's a lot of teams where those guys, some of them play like edge sometimes and some of them play line, like the Patriots, for example. So I'm going to take the Bucks just because it's the obvious choice. And I think it would be a crime if they were left off of the top two. So I think they have the best duo. Minter is a solid number three. Uh, so I'll take the Bucks with my well, pick. Let's not tell Minter that you're on that he's on your team because he might be upset with me um Ooh. obviously because I had him when I was in Arizona um yeah. and I do love those guys they are solid and they are downhill and we know what they can do but I think it would also be a a little bit crazy if you and I just picked everybody off the Buccaneers so yeah I mean I think that's their strength of their team outside of the receivers and quarterback is is the front seven quite it obviously is, without a so. doubt that team. I don't think we'll be picking them in, in the secondary, but could be wrong. <laughs> all right. Spoiler alert. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next up, we do you want to do corners or safeties first? Either one. All right. Well, I'm going to go with my corners. I'm going to go with the Patriots corners because those are my guys. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the corners. Stephon Gilmore, JC Jackson, Jonathan Jones. Uh, I think that's arguably the best trio in the sport i think gilmore is a year you know a year past being the defensive player of the year jc jackson is maybe one of the most underrated players in the nfl and jonathan jones is a great nickel corner they have some pretty good depth there as well uh, they play a lot of man coverage which i like so i'll take the patriots cornerback i do agree that the patriots cornerback group is is a good one and obviously coached by the evil genius that is belichick which makes them even better than they might be just on paper, right? right. Because they're going to be so well-prepared. Like you just have to know that, like, that's true. It's going to happen. Like, and if there is mm -hmm. any kind of a mismatch, they're going to handle it beyond the Patriots. There, there were a couple of teams that interest me, you know, obvious choice. Jalen Ramsey is ridiculously dismantling people in <laughs> LA. I mean, yeah the numbers against him are just like disgusting. It's like, oh yeah, you had 120 yards last game. You got 40 in this you one. Got, like I you was, got two yards. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I don't even know if people realize yeah. how good that is. 
another team that's interesting, but I'm not going to take them, but I, I find it fascinating is like the Minnesota Vikings who seem to just be mm. collecting cornerbacks. Like, but that's I don't true. really know what they're going to do with all of them. Right. Like, are, yeah. are, yeah. are we going to run a, like, I think they're just going to run Zimmer's defense. <laughs> like we're going to run a two, two, seven, right. Or something yeah. like what? Like what is Maybe you could on? see one of them in, at safety sometimes. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, but... you could, but. I, I haven't yet to figure out where this is going to work. I but. will say with the Vikings though, uh, they wouldn't be on my list, but I would say like they have great depth. It's like they have a lot of like solid to good players at the position. Yeah. That's and what I said, you know, they fixed their hole. Like they fixed their hole, which was last year. They couldn't co- cover like anybody. No, they couldn't. But you know, now we're just taking a lot of people, but they do have P2 and, you know, I am a big fan Mm -hmm. of Pat Peterson. Also in the corners discussion, you have to talk Ravens with Humphreys and Peters, but then there's the sneaky Broncos. Right. Yeah, you're right. The Broncos, when I was writing this down, the depth of the Broncos is definitely a strength in their secondary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, not only do they have the experience They also brought in young Sertain. And since this is a family business and both him and his dad, I consider family. I'm going to go with the Broncos. I like that pick. It's a good pick. Yeah. They got four guys that I think you would consider starters, all kind of different type of players. And you got some quickness, some size and, obviously playmaking ability coached by Fangio. So that's going to be a good group. I think a group that is a little under the radar would be the giants. The giants have a good corner group. Um, they added a Dory Jackson to James Bradbury who had a breakout season last year. So I look for the giants to really surprise some people in the NFC East at corner, but I like both our picks. I think those are both great picks. The safety position to finish things off defensively, Jen, you have the first pick safety is definitely tough. Safety, Definitely. Safety is tough. Um, there's two groups that stand out to me. I could take all of the Broncos together yeah. and just shore up that locker room because they are, they make an argument for the two kind of the best one, two punch, but you know, mm-hmm. I feel like we've neglected a particular team this year. They Oof. did a lot of good stuff and we have a super producer behind the scenes who is such a bills fan that I feel like we might be (laughs) remiss if his team wasn't represented. And the place that I think that the Bills represent very well is that safety combination. Can't disagree. Yeah. So I'm going with the Bills uh, on my super safeties list. I like it. They've been good for a long time. They have a lot of chemistry. Those top two guys, Poyer and Hyde, very, very good players. Very kind of underrated until maybe now because now the bills are finally good right to get recognition well but when they weren't good they had to get a lot of practice Mm -hmm. (laughs) matthew said could not agree more just just as an update (laughs) we got you matthew we got you there is one group that you did not mention okay i'm gonna give them some love because everybody wants to say this guy got no help on his team no aaron Rodgers has good safeties that's what i'm gonna say Uh, The Packers have a young kid named Savage who plays like a savage. He's really good. And they have a guy named Adrian Amos who used to play for the Bears, who's excellent. I think these two guys are low-key one of the best duos in the NFL. 
so I am going to take the Green Bay Packers as my safety duo. I like that safety duo. But you know what? I just realized I forgot one of my favorite safeties. Who? Because they don't let him play a safety. It's Jamal Adams. Oh, yeah. He plays linebacker. Right. Or DN. So so I could. (laughs) I could really flip things up and have said that I'm going to take, but then you take the Seahawks on your team. And I don't know if that's allowed. I know it is. It is. But I just, I had to bring the Seahawks back. I had to bring them back because I could have taken him as my D line because that's kind of where he plays leading the team in sacks. The other one is probably uh, the Kansas city Chiefs safeties. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good. I I like that. Well, yeah, you got Matthew, you've got, um Thornhill and Sorensen so that's a pretty good group I did want to mention they're not like they would I wouldn't pick them now but they're like a group that if they went and had a really good season this year I wouldn't be surprised a lot of that is because of the coaching change and, and that's the Chargers because Derwin James is coming back healthy and when he's healthy he's one of the game's best safeties and with Staley there and what he did with the, the, the Rams secondary, now switching to the other L.A. team, uh, you could see that John Johnson went to the, the Browns. He had a breakout season. You could see really Derwin James and that group, I think, really come onto the scene this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm really interested to see what what is going to happen in the L.A. Chargers market. Um, mm-hmm. or, and in the Rams, right? Because this is this is like a little close to home, right? It's like a little right. incestuous movement. I kind of wish they played. I don't think they play this year, but I kind of wish they did. How could you not have them play? It just seems like a big miss to me. Like, I you- mean, you can't, you can't just mess around with the schedule because, you know, the NFC and the AFC, they only play every four years or whatever it is. So you can't do that. But I, I wish they played. Cause I'd I, like to see McVeigh go head to head with Staley. I'd like to see that. I, I would love to see that. Herbert I think Stafford. that would be, yeah. that would be like must see TV for sure. Um, and I just found out that one of my friends who was last year with the Bengals um, mm-hmm. is now with the chargers, Christian Covington okay. coming right out oh. of Canada. And he is very excited about what the Chargers are doing. So he is charged up on the Chargers. Look for him to be an impact player on the defensive line. Yeah, that's a low-key pickup. Covington, I think, can help them. That's a, maybe before that a little bit of a weakness for them. But, of course, changing systems, I think that will help Covington in there in that interior. So, yeah, I'm excited for the Chargers. I, I don't know. We're done the draft now. We should maybe recap it just a little bit. Then we can get in some alternative topics here. But yeah, offensively, we, we recapped it already, but just in case you missed it. All right, so I have Tom Brady. Jen has Patrick Mahomes. Running back, I have Christian McCaffrey. Jen has her favorite, King Henry. Wide receivers, Tyree Kill for me and D-Hop for you. Tight end, Kelsey for me. Pitts for you, which was the shocker of the draft. Offensive line, Patriots for me. Browns for you defensively interior defensive line you picked the bucks after much discussion and i went with the washington football team edge we didn't flip but i took the bucks this time and then on the edge i can't seem to remember who you picked did you pick arizona arizona right arizona or or i took the brothers (laughs) yeah that's not allowed we're not allowing that i'm not i mean i think that that was a great point Oh, okay. If you get one brother, I get the other brothers. Right. So that's the way we're going with that. We're going with that. 
Linebackers, I have the Bucks. Um, I can't remember who you're picking now. Cowboys. The Cowboys. Yeah, right. The Cowboys. Uh, not off the radar, but maybe off the radar from last year because their defense was horrible. Well, but they were awful, and they they've done been plenty off to improve. Yes. Yes. Like yes. there was no D in Dallas. It was just a swinging gate, like a fence. But I think with that, just like it swings wide open last year, hopefully it swings damn shut this year and <laughs> nobody can penetrate those linebackers. Yeah. So, and then we had the cornerback position. You picked the, what, what would you call it? I guess it's a quad. I don't know. The, the, the four corners of the Broncos. And I picked the New England Patriots uh, safety position. I selected, now I can't even remember who I selected. I picked the Packers and you picked the Bills. There you go. Matthews Bells. I had Boyer to get Matthew in there. I, I thought that was a great way for the Bills to represent. I mean, I think yeah. they get left off some of the conversations because they are new to being in, in the higher echelon of conversation of teams. Um, and I also think that their uniforms just need a little more sizzle so that more people will look at yeah. them and more people will talk about them. Um, yeah, maybe they should go back to the 90s unis. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, let's go. Alan snubbed. <laughs> Alan, yeah, he does. I mean, he gets, We brought him up. Uh, you know, I, brought him I, up. I think Josh Allen does get overlooked sometimes. But like I said, the Bills are built subtly strong. You know, like there's... Oh, yeah, they're not, a really good roster. Right, and it's not like a weak spot and it hasn't been done over a day. I think they've been building in a really smart, mm. long-term yep. way. But I think yeah. because of that, sometimes you kind of like don't think of them on the first level of conversation. Yeah, that's because like the safeties have been probably one of their better positions for a long time. They really have never been given mainstream attention, but they've been like good. And all football fans know they've been good for a while. Like they just kind of came on the scene last year in terms of like a big primetime team. And then this year they're going to get that attention, I believe, where people are going to be like, yeah, this is the Bills. Right. got Josh Allen, they've got Stephon Diggs, Sean McDermott's the coach. We know them now, but it takes that year. It almost takes like a year or two for people to actually catch up to what's actually happening. Yeah, That's the case sure. with the Bills. One thing that does bug me, just staying along the lines of the conversation with the Bills is, is the Josh Allen, like previous, you know, take of people taking so long to buy into this kid as like a premier quarterback because of the pre-draft like analysis that was like, this guy is going to be, you know, bust and whatever. Like there was so much of that for the first year or two where like people were taking forever to catch up to the point that Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, being in a, a, a smaller market team, you know, if, if that was the premier conversation and you're not being exposed to their games, you wouldn't really know any better, right? Like not everybody's mm -hmm. watching every game every week, right? Yeah. So for the popular opinion to shift takes longer, Time. especially if you're not seeing those games, right? You're like, oh, the Bills won? Like what? Um, and so I think that there is, like you said, some residual preconceived notions that just mm – -hmm people haven't really gotten to say, oh, oh, okay. Like how big is Josh Allen again? He's like, he's six, five, maybe six, six. I mean, he's huge. <laughs> right, like he's ginormous. Yeah. And 
you know, you didn't necessarily get my Pitts pick, but you know who I'm taking if I get another tight end pick other than the obvious, right? Like yeah, that dude who I thought was an old lineman. What is it? Number 85. That tight end is like giant. Like who's going to stop him? He's ridiculous, <laughs> right? So if you're not giving me like Kittle or another big guy like that, like they are sneaky good and sneaky built tough and big. And I remember really watching them some last year and just being like, mm. oh, okay. Right? That's like good. 85. <laughs> I had literally, it was so funny, Mitch. I was watching the game and admittedly, the Bills weren't one of the teams that I turn on to watch all the time. But you should now though. I know I'm going to now because now I know how good they are and how much fun I had watching them. Like once you yeah. watch them and you're a football person, you're like, oh, okay. Because I was doing some side casting last year and I was explaining. So part of what I did last year with these watches was explain football to some of the people who may not have known it. And we were doing like a watch party and I had just, just, just explained why they reported like tackle eligible. Okay. So that, you know, your offensive lineman would be an eligible receiver. And I had looked away or something like I, I missed the play and I looked back and I was like, did they just do it? And then I was like, oh no, that's an that actual guys. tight end. <laughs> he just <laughs> looked like he was an offensive lineman and, you know, moves like a little guy, but with the size of an O lineman, I mean, that's a devastating combination. So they have some sneaky good stuff there in the bills. And if anybody, I do want to ask middle, you. When you were when you were in the NFL there, who was like a player that was really low key good that like everybody in the league or like the coaches were like, this guy's really good, like maybe on another team, but didn't really get like that mainstream attention that when you're watching the film, you're like, Ooh, this guy like pops up, but nobody talks about him. Was there a player like that at all? Um, yeah, there's there's probably a few. It's usually very situational when you realize that somebody is you know, quote unquote, better than mm -hmm. what you thought, right? It's, right. it's seeing another dimension to their game. I remember one of the, the funniest moments for me was really like with Larry Fitzgerald and his role with the Cardinals as a blocker, mm. right? Like Fitz is a vicious blocker. And there are not a lot of wide receivers who block like that. And there certainly aren't a lot who have the yardage that he's had and the career that he's had and yet would come downhill and dismantle like and chip an edge. And I there was a particular like short motion play that every time he came in from the slot, just basically to the edge, I knew they were running to that side. Right. And so you're using one of the greatest receivers of all time on a run play ceiling block. Mm -hmm. And that's not common. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, most wide receivers are like, I ain't doing that. Right. Like, or they might like kind of try and chip, but not like this. And I remember I looked at Larry and I was like, I always know what y'all are running when you do that motion. And he looked at me and he's like, Jen, I never should have showed BA I could block. Yeah. I was like, yeah, right. And he goes, but it saved my career because he really got reinvented in the, as, slot. In the slot. And yeah. part of that was his ability to block. And so those are the things that I think a lot of the times 
people miss. Like a great wide receiver isn't just somebody who could catch the ball. You want somebody who will run the route convincingly when the ball's on the other side. You want somebody who knows the adaptations. You want somebody who will block. And those are the things that if you don't really watch the tape, you may not, you may not appreciate the same way. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I always love those little, those low key players. I think there's always like a, like a couple guys on every team where if you're a fan of that team, like, you know, about them, or you feel like they're better than general consensus. So I always appreciate getting Larry Fitzgerald's a big name, but that's an aspect of his game that maybe not a lot of people have appreciated over the years, future hall of famer. So Jen, what's what's next in the nfl world i mean i feel like we're kind of at a crossroads where it's like tulio got traded i don't know what i'm supposed to be waiting for are we waiting for like aaron Rodgers to show up to camp like what what are we waiting for yeah i mean i think that some of those narratives are still like a little bit out there and we're not gonna know some things for a little while right we're not gonna know where some people are gonna go until camp i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know that we are gonna get an aaron Rodgers answer soon because they seem to be a little bit at a standstill in terms of he's saying he's not going the team's not letting him go but the talk hasn't gone away like it did like with russell wilson right Yeah, he didn't come to mini camp he didn't come to mini camp and i found out something interesting the other day do you realize that aaron Rodgers? And Jordan Love have the same agent. That's a little weird. Well, it's it's a little weird <laughs> and it presents like a conflicted situation. Yeah. Right. You know, and if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I'm also going, hey, what are you doing with your guys right now? And no starter ever really wants to give up his starting spot, right? We can think about quarterbacks who have lost their jobs to backups coming in for injuries and never got them back right look at you know ty taylor never got it back from justin herbert right that just happened right brady never gave the job back to bledsoe so aaron Rodgers is willingly giving jordan love love right like he is saying basically you know it but it's interesting how he even says it he's like i have no problem with the kid right like yeah so he obviously doesn't feel any pressure by letting him get all those reps, which makes me think either he's definitely not coming back or he feels no, like that that kid is just so far from him that he's not even competition. (laughs) I think that's what it is to be honest. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie here. (laughs) Right. I mean, and then from the agent standpoint, the agent wants both of his players to play. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, financially, that's how I believe that was the same as the, the Patriots when they had Garoppolo. I, I believe it was the same Garoppolo and Brady had the same agent. Right. And so what happened with Garoppolo? Garoppolo ends up in San Fran and is Kraft still there. stepped in and said, you're trading Garoppolo. That's what happened. Is that what happened? I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I mean, but so who does who ends up being the tiebreaker in Green Bay? Exactly. That's my question. There's no craft there to say I'm the guy that owns the team. So we're keeping Tom Brady. No, you have fans right now that, you know, own a share of the team and they're divided. 
And you have leaders of the team coming out and saying this has divided our fan base. Well, duh. What did you expect <laughs> it to do? Of course it divided your fan base. Why wouldn't it? He's one of the greatest all time and he's mm -hmm. not happy and we don't know what's going on. And then we have Jordan Love, who do we really believe he's ready? Do we love love? I don't know. Do we love love? I, I'm, I'm not loving love yet. I have not seen enough to love from love. I don't dislove, but I, I don't know. He's not Aaron Rodgers, though. But what else are we waiting on? I don't know. I, I don't know where the tiebreaker comes there, right? And we right. know that the GM is in a tough spot after Aaron Rodgers said he wanted him gone. It's it's a weird it's a weird in between time. I feel like Mitch. I just it's that time of the year where like I'm I'm kind of a little sick of Aaron Rodgers talk, mm -hmm. but like it is it's a relevant story. I honestly don't know what's gonna happen. Like I don't know. If he's going to come back, I don't know if he's willing to sit out a year. I don't know if he's going to go host Jeopardy. Like, I really don't know what's going to happen. I think maybe the conversation that we haven't had yet is, you know, what if he doesn't play? How well do the Packers do? I know we don't love love. So, like, where does that take the Packers? Does that make them absolutely irrelevant? Does that just make them, like, a four or five win team? Like, where would you see the Packers without Rodgers this year? Maybe five, six wins at most. I, I mean, I haven't seen enough from Love to say that he can't be good enough for them to be average, right? right? Because of some of the other elements that we've talked about, right? Like there are not other insignificant players on that team. But if Rodgers doesn't play, do you try and get somebody else, right? Like, I don't know. I'm going to throw this out there. Throw it. Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's run the same system. Yeah. And he went to a Super Bowl and they want to trade him. So, I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know how it makes sense to you, but. Would you trade Jimmy Garoppolo? And if Aaron it's Rogers? really that bad with love, though, here's the thing why they, the Packers couldn't, they can't really go on. Like, that's the thing. I don't think they think they're going to win a Super Bowl with Garoppolo. Right. So it's probably unrealistic because like you spend a first round pick on love. So you kind of have to play him unless he's an absolute disaster. Right. If he's a disaster, uh, Matthew's throwing out Deshaun Watson. There has been some talk about Deshaun Watson today about him saying to, I believe it was Kareem Jackson, I think saying that he wants to go to the Broncos or something. Oh, I am not thinking one moment, one second, one iota about Deshaun Watson right now. I really am not. I don't think he's playing football this year, period. You know, Unless he settles it, like literally, unless there is a closed yeah. paper settlement, everything's done within the next like week, right? That yeah. all of a sudden they're like, oh, all of the charges were dropped against Deshaun Watson. He's not playing. It's Even then much. though, like he's not playing for the Texans. They're going to trade him. But is anybody going to take him? Right. Like, is anybody going to take him and what's the asking? Price even, but even point? Jen, if it's settled, like it's not settled, though, because there's so many cases like this. What is the, the, I don't know. It's well, I mean, tough. it's, it's going to have to be settled. And if the, I mean, the difference is this, right? Like if it's settled and there is not mm -hmm. enough evidence for it to be persecuted, then it becomes more of a it's a team's choice in how they handle it from there. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if the, if the league has not found anything in an independent investigation, which they should be doing and, 
you know, I would assume that they are, but we haven't heard any real solid proof, right? Which means all of what is going to happen is the willingness of these parties to testify and make a cohesive case. So then it becomes, it really is on them. And I'm not saying whether it's true or it's not, but if that's the case, then if I'm Deshaun Watson's team, I'm saying you need to settle this and it needs to be done and you need to handle it and move on because otherwise dragging it out costs you even more money than a settlement might have, right? In terms of what you're not making when you're not playing. Now it, it then becomes on another team to be willing to pick up that money. And is there a, is there a morality clause in his contract that would cause some of that money to maybe be dead or void? I don't know. I, I don't really know, but I'm not going to consider him as an option because as it stands right now, how are you going to play football when all of this is going on? Yeah, you can. I mean, and then I'm just thinking about it, like the potential of a, a Watson trade to the to the Packers. Okay, so this would be pretty chaotic because Aaron Rodgers is not getting traded for Deshaun Watson because Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to go to the Texans. I'm sorry. He doesn't even want to play for the Packers. No. So he's not going to the Texans. So no. that would mean it would be some sort of, let's just play this out. Like it would be some sort of three team trade. Like it, you know, Rogers would have to go somewhere and then maybe the Broncos and then Watson would go to the Packers. Like I, it would be a mess. Yeah, <laughs> it would be a mess. I mean, and, and the truth is that you, from a football perspective, like you don't want any of those guys to not play if we're taking all of the why they wouldn't play reasons out of there, right? Yeah. Like you, you'd love to see both of those guys play. And yet as it is right now, neither of those guys play for the team that they're on. And we have not seen anything that moves anything closer to a solution of that. Nothing. Yeah. The Packers one, it just kind of feels like eventually Rogers is going to come back and start practicing, but like, we have no indication of that. It's just like kind of, the general thought right now, which is interesting. I don't think anyone's really considering that Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out. I mean, how much money would he lose if he sat out? Like this is what we really have to talk over about. at least over 30 million for sure. I don't know what the exact price is, but right over 30. It is a lot, a lot of money. And what are you going to do? Jeopardy. Right. I don't think they're going to pay him 30 million. No, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to pay him 30 million, but is it going to be as satisfying to you to do this? As math just said, how would you feel with Rogers? If he came back, is it awkward? Yes, it's awkward. Um, there are already people who um, are not happy with it, right? Because you're now holding up their ability to see how good the team can be, right? Like that's a very true statement. It is absolutely without a doubt, awkward. There are also people who won't trust you, right? Like, because you're thinking, oh, this guy already wants to be out of here. Is he going to play the same way as a guy who's going to go all in for his team? And mm -hmm. you have the backdrop of Aaron Rodgers pitching his little fit right now, right? I don't want to play there against uh, Ryan Tannehill, who just restructured his contract to yeah. get Julio Jones. You have Tom Brady, who restructured his contract to be able to get all the talent back. You have 
who else did? I think Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes also restructured his contract to keep the talent around him. And then you have Aaron Rodgers crying in his Cheerios. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't add up to me. I am, I am not feeling great about him because you know what? It might be at that point, like Aaron, maybe if you were here and you were worried about the team versus just you, which is hard because you do have to get your money. I get that. Maybe, maybe you could have had Julio Jones and maybe your problems would be solved. Maybe you could have restructured your contract, which I'm sure has a lot more money in it than Ryan Tannehill's does. And you could have brought in Julio Jones and then maybe, maybe we could have made a run at it, but instead you're just not showing up. Uh, if I'm yeah. the teammate, that's effect, that affects me because my quarterback's decisions do not just impact him. They impact all of us. And I, do I believe he needs the OTAs for them to be competitive? No, I don't. Okay. Absolutely. No. He could, he's done this. He could do this. It's not, that's not the problem. The problem mm -hmm. is, does he has a, have a vested interest and is he as interested in how the team does as he is in just how he does. And I'm not thinking that you're pulling talent with you. Like Tom Brady did when he went to Tampa, because I don't know how selfish you are. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you really want. I think that's a big, big thing is that leadership question. It's like, not just, okay, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers as a player, but now people on his team are starting to buy into the personal Aaron Rodgers, the person Aaron Rodgers, the leader Aaron Rodgers, the narratives that will be spinned and the narratives that rightfully, I think, should take place in the media is about Aaron Rodgers. Those are going to start to creep into the locker room discussion and creep into the practices and the coaching staff. And there's going to be constantly that questioning uh, between teammates and between their quarterback. And that's never a good thing. That's the absolute worst thing. Cause that quarterback is your guy. When he walks in the building, that's your, that's your captain. So that's so definitely something that they didn't have to deal with before that they're going to have to deal with now. Well, it's already going down. I can tell you right now, by the time it comes out to us that we're able to talk about it, it's been talked about in there for a long time. People are used to it. They know it. Then, you know, I don't find it particularly shocking. I mean, he got rid of the head coach. Okay. Right. That was friction. The head coach goes right. Aaron Rodgers wins. Then he tries to get rid of the GM and then he tries to oust himself. <laughs> right. Like, why would you believe that he would put the team over anybody else, right? Like there would have to be a really big connective tissue piece missing for all of those things to happen. And for me to still think, yeah, that's my guy. He's going to put us above everybody and everything. No, I don't really feel that way. So am I going to follow you into a firefight the way I would somebody who just restructured their contract to make sure that the team could accomplish the team goals. Now, again, I know that's a hard thing to say and not everybody should be asked to restructure contracts. Not everybody should say yes, but when your complaint is you're not surrounding me with the right talent and you're not giving me all of the things that I need, then my pushback is what are you giving to us other than great play that is allowing us to make those decisions that could bring in that additional talent that could do those things. And I don't see that point. from him the way that I do from the other leaders in the league, right? I feel like Mahomes, Tannehill have followed the, the Tom Brady example of, I don't have to be the highest paid person on this team to 
be validated as a quarterback, what I have to do or a man for that matter. Right. Exactly. Like I, I need to, I am actually going to be a better teammate and better over the long term by taking a little less money. And we're talking about quarterbacks. It's not like you're taking no money. Right. Mm -hmm. But guess what? The endorsement deals are pretty big when you win Super Bowls and you know, the other ways that you can make money when you're winning and when you are doing all of those things, those, those are exponential. And Oh, by the way, when your teammates are taken care of, you're going to be better taken care of and you're going to win more games because they're also willing to do more for you. You want your off- you want your offensive line to literally take on a Mack truck or a Khalil Mack or an Aaron Donald, right? Yeah. To keep them off of you so that your pretty butt can stay upright. But you're so worried about yourself that did it ever occur to you that that talent could be there if you would take a little less money? No. You wanted to be the highest paid guy. You needed to be that. Well, guess what? That means that you're not going to get some of those people around you. And guess what? When you get your coaches and your GMs fired too, they're probably a little less likely to do everything that you want for the long term. And yeah, they might go ahead and draft your backup in the first round. You know what's the ironic part about this whole thing? Hmm. Is that like Aaron Rodgers to me feels like he's doing all of this to ensure a legacy for himself but it's hurting his legacy like that's the ironic part to me is like people are gonna now remember this stuff instead of the play or instead of how you know how good of a player he's been when he was intending on making this so that he could win more to help his legacy that's the interesting part the second part to finish it off is This team last year, I think, was fueled by that fire of Aaron Rodgers, of people saying he wasn't as good. He'd taken a step back. He wasn't the MVP player, and they were growing as a team because of it. Now, he's not going to be there, I think, for much of training camp. He's not going to be there practicing with his team. While other teams are getting better, growing in continuity, the Packers didn't really improve their roster. All they can improve is their chemistry and continuity, in my opinion, to get better. And that is not going to take place this offseason, so. No, it's not. And it, it uh, signs do not point to good for the Green Bay Packers or to Aaron Rodgers for me in this scenario, because even if he's back, it's still broken, right? Mm-hmm. It's still broken. The, the trust level is broken, not only between Aaron Rodgers and, you know, his coach and the GM that he wanted gone, but your teammates. And I, I get it. Right. We all have to balance out those individual versus the team. But at what point, Aaron, can you do all of these things and still expect, you know, your teammates to go to war with you at the helm because they don't believe in you anymore? And that is a problem. It is a real, real problem. When you lose the locker room, you know, you're going to lose games. All right. On that note, we will finish it off. Thank you for watching another episode of The Juke live on Twitch. Of course, check us out on social media, all the platforms, Instagram, Twitter. You can check us out at The Juke Pod. And thank you for watching. Jen, any last words? Yeah, just make sure you you follow myself and Mitch as well. 
Mitch does a great job in all of his social platforms, and you will find the Duke up there as well. So make sure you follow my man, Mitch Mullaney. I am Dr. Jen Welter, and then we have Matthew Davidson behind the scenes chiming in about his Buffalo Bills, so follow him <laughs> as well. Make sure that you like us and share the content. Um, help other people know about us because we are doing the dang thing weekly, and we have more stuff to discuss. So also, make sure that you're active. Let us know what you want to talk about. If you have some opinions, give them to us. If you have yeah. chat topics, drop them in the chat. Let us know because, hey, we're here live every week, and we will be as responsive as we are able because you got to give us stuff to work with. So, you know, be live with us. It's been the Juke. I'm Mitch. That's Jen. Peace. We out.